0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
2: Welcome to Taiwan on Air, Kong Zhong Taiwan. Hello everyone, this is Lara Momesso, one of the hosts of this podcast series, and today we are here for the book chat. Today's guest is Dr. Stefano Pelaggi, adjunct professor at Sapienza University of Rome and senior fellow researcher at Centro Studi Geopolitical.info. Welcome to our Book Chat podcast, Stefano.
1: Thank you, thank you, Lara, for uh, having me here with you.
2: Thank you, Stefano, for agreeing to be with us today. Let me firstly introduce you to our audience Dr. Stefano Pelaggi has actively contributed to the development of Taiwan studies in Italy and raised awareness about Taiwan amongst Italian publics, and also collaborated in the opening of a Taiwan Studies Center within Sapienza University for the SEMAS Studies Center. Stefano's last book is L'Isola Sospesa, Taiwan e gli Equilibri del Mondo, a book on Taiwan written in Italian, and literally translated as The Suspended Island, Taiwan and the Balance of the World. The book, published by Lewis University Press in 2022, is the result of Stefano's multiple visits to Taiwan and study and research in the island, and it offers the complex and stratified history of Taiwan since early colonial times, when its sea was populated by pirates and its land by indigenous people. The book is composed of 14 chapters, and each chapter addresses a specific theme revolving around the history, politics, economics, society, and culture of Taiwan. Through the chapters, we get to know about Taiwan's position in Chinese imperial interests, the gradual establishment of the Republic of China in Taiwan, the relations with Japan and Japanese culture, the development of a Taiwanese entrepreneurial mindset, the role of Taiwan in the supply chain of precious silicon and cobalt microchips, the development of a young democracy in the islands. Each chapter is introduced by interesting events and stories that are relevant to that specific theme. So we get to know about the motorcycle culture in Taiwan, personal events in the life of Madame Jiang and also Jiang Jingguo, and so on and so forth. This is an engaging and well-written book, reporting historical and present events in a clear and accurate manner. It was actually a pleasure to read it, and I strongly suggest it to anyone, especially Italian speakers, anyone who is interested in getting to know more about why and how Taiwan is so important and at the same time, invisible in contemporary global order. I would like to start our chat with Stefano by asking him about the title. What do you mean when you frame Taiwan as a suspended island?
1: Well, the book starts with a quote from an Italian writer, which is little known outside uh, Italy, which is Giorgio Manganelli, which wrote on his uh, return trip uh, from the island in the early 70s we know nothing about Taiwan. The island is anomalous, very anomalous. Legally, it is as close to non-existence as possible, and Taipei is the capital of uh, Neverland. Well, I think that uh, this uh, description written by uh, somebody which was uh, an experimental writer, not a political scientist or uh, an expert on Asia, uh, gives us a lot about the anomaly of Taiwan, an anomaly which is strictly connected with this idea of the suspended island. The anomaly, which is not only legal or from the framework of international relations, but it's even historical and cultural. It's a unique condition that can be described in the book it is described through the dynamics of the evolution of national identity in the island the elements of uncertainty, the divergent interpretation, and the possible path to describe that Taiwanese anomaly are manifold. The peculiarity of this nation, of Chinese culture, but proudly opposed to Beijing, a state not fully recognized within the international order, despite having a relation with all the state actors and many other exceptions that describe Taiwan. They are all the starting point for understanding the suspended island and its crucial role in the balance of the world. The book focuses on the history of the people who lived in the island, those who arrived thousands of years ago and those who crossed the border of the Taiwan Strait from the 16th to the 20th century. The soldier treating from the Chinese Civil War and the official of the Kuomintang in the aftermath of the Second World War but even the migrants who arrived in the recent decades from the country of uh, Southeast uh, Asia. The geographical boundaries of the island remain unchanged, but the story and the path of those who live there redefine the perimeter of the meaning of being Taiwanese. So the dynamic of the contemporary Taiwanese society is the result of a domination of the interaction between the different ethnic groups, but above all, the ways of coexistence between those who have chosen, most of the time forced to call Taiwan their home. And this is exactly the dimension uh, which I do attribute to Taiwan as a suspended island.
2: Thank you, Stefano. That's very interesting. I would like to move into the specificity of the themes you touch upon in your book. I would like to know how you came about to organize this book in 14 chapters, each addressing a specific theme. My curiosity is linked to two main areas. The first point is how did you identify the themes you selected, but also which themes you decided to leave aside and why?
1: The book follows more or less a chronological order. So there are some quite uh, obvious chapters, the one dedicated to the island under the control of imperial China, the Japanese domination, the one dedicated to the Kuomintang regime, and so on. Each Taiwanese uh, elected president has his own uh, dedicated chapter. But in reality, it's more an arbitrary choice. The chapter cover much more than than this of the internal politics and in particular the main topic which lay in the entire book is Taiwanese identity and the institutional efforts and the social dynamics that created or attempted to create a transformation of a Taiwanese identity. I'm really glad you asked what it's not in the book because there are so many things which are not in the book I would have liked to put. There are many references in domestic and electoral competition, actually. There is a chapter which I would have liked to be bigger, which is the one dedicated to social movement and not only sunflower movement, but all The social movement radically changed the politics and the idea of civil participation in the island. There are chapters dedicated to the economy and the technological sector. Those are two dimensions that are crucial, in my opinion, for an European and for an Italian reader. We often read in Italy about Taiwan from this perspective, and a deeper understanding seemed to me kind of important. I try to underline even speaking about economy and technological development, the dimension of national identity. So when in the 60s and the 70s, a big part of the population was kind of forbidden from having any kind of institutional employment while having large sum of money due to the consequence of land reform. They all invest in what will become the Taiwanese economic miracle. Many topics, as I said, are not present in the book. Feminism, and gender, I, I tried to describe a bit in the chapter of uh, Social movement, but not much. I would have liked to give uh, some importance to the extraordinary development of uh, the Indian Island in the 90s and in the 2000s and the influence of that art movement in uh, mainland China. I do think that the political landscape of the country seems to be divided between k and and DPP. I haven't found the space to explain the role of uh, the environmental party or everything that was born from the grassroots movement, from the so-called uh, third force and so on. I would have liked to talk more about the different cities and the relationship between a city and a rural life. I would have liked to talk about the linguistic issue, the indigenous right movement and land conflict. But probably the thing that I would have liked the most, maybe a little bit more of strokes of color, no? to give more nuance about everyday lives in Taiwan some small details that uh, could have given uh, a little bit uh, more colourful idea of what Taiwan is.
2: Thank you, Stefano. Actually, I would argue that indeed throughout your chapters, you touch upon most of these themes you mentioned as themes that you didn't uh, address as main topics, but they definitely intersect and come out as you describe those main points that you have selected within your chapters. Thank you very much, because Indeed it is a really rich book that gives hints to all those other points you touch upon. And also, I would say that you say you would have liked to have something more about everyday life. And I think that especially in those initial stories, the stories that introduce each chapter are actually sometimes very either folkloristic or very much linked to everyday life in Taiwan. I was particularly impressed, for example, by the banquet for companies, the banquet that the boss of a company organized for his employees. And the way you describe how everyone is seated or placed within the restaurant is actually a very interesting metaphor to understand how business is done. So it's rich of metaphors and interesting details about everyday life and culture in Taiwan. Thank you so much.
1: I think that in this regard, there are so many similarities. And I found out there are a lot of studies, actually, with uh, Italian small and medium uh, enterprises and Taiwanese small and medium enterprises. This idea of family-run business, which uh, become bigger, but uh, there are somehow always linked, connected, all within the framework of uh, something which has grown from uh, a very strong uh, family nucleus. So uh, it was really interesting.
2: Yes, I completely agree. And I see indeed many connections, especially both for family practices between Italy and Taiwan, as well as definitely for business practices, as you said, those small family-led businesses, especially in the northeast of Italy. There's a lot of this. So, Stefano, in your last chapter, you identify social movements, China, and identity as three main spheres that have shaped Taiwan's social, economic, and political events in the last two decades. Up to what extent do you think that these factors will keep on shaping the evolution of Taiwan in the next decades? And do you think that there will be any new factor that might become relevant? and maybe game changer for the country?
1: Yeah, yeah. the three main theories that you mentioned are everything that uh, really shaped uh, Taiwan. And I think that social movements are uh, the focal point in which the other dimension, China and identity, met and changed radically, in my opinion. The sunflower movement was the starting point for a permanent transformation of Taiwanese civil society. Until that time, China and Taiwan appeared inextricably linked by so many different ties. A Republic of China and People's Republic of China until the 1980s could be interpreted as two opposite governments pursuing very similar action from of a different sign, but still. Very, very similar. Uh, Taiwanese economic growth and China, extraordinary success in the global market, seemed uh, too parallel, but uh, different, but uh, parallel. And the two sides of the strait appeared destined to find uh, some kind of synthesis, bridging the cultural, political, and psychological difference produced by the historical event. There was this idea of uh, the, the two sides of the strait which were kept apart by historical events and one they were destined to meet, which was a very strong interpretation, even in the Western uh, newspaper and in several research on the perception of uh, Republic of China and of uh, Taiwan in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And so and there is always this uh, recurrent idea of uh, something which cannot go in any other direction than uh, getting together. Okay, So the evolution of the Taiwanese identity and the connected perception of uh, the people living in the island as an individual political entity has played a fundamental role in creating uh, a great, a huge, uh, bridgeable distance between the two sides of uh, the straits. and exactly uh, uh, the those grassroots uh, movements generated this radical change, activating. Uh, The very first start of a process of modification of the founding values of Taiwanese society. So the relationship between China and Taiwan can be interpreted as tension. And tension in the Chinese philosophy is an interaction between dynamic opposing principles. Those two elements, those two dynamic opposing principles are seen as inseparable each from the other. But the events of the last decade show us a nation determined to find a cultural identity and psychological and political dimension outside the dichotomy of China with China, outside this idea of the interaction between dynamic opposing principles. So the pluralistic national identity of the island today, it's a big wall. It's a barrier which cannot be overcome. And it's a big stop to the process of inclusion claimed by the People's Republic of China. And this is a big actor in the grassroots movement from 2005 onwards, which developed this universal of values based on political representation, which created the path that implies a natural otherness with China.
2: Thank you, Stefano. Do you think there will be any new factor that might become relevant and maybe game changer beyond these factors that are those you identified for the last two decades as crucial in shaping Taiwanese history, contemporary history?
1: We do have to mention that most of Taiwan events come from Taiwan. So most of the time there is a reaction for the People's Republic of China, sometimes from the United States, but all the events are originated within the island. A visit to the United States, a referendum, something which generated some kind of thoughts, a democratic process which started in the island. So yes, I think that that new thing is something that is missing in the book. So I do think that a new political force, which is not going to appear in the next election, but something new in the political sphere uh, in Taiwan, a political actor, which is outside of this tribal dichotomy between the Kuomintang and the Democratic Progressive Party, a new actor, which will be able to act outside of this dichotomy might be a big agent of change, might be a big agent of change in particular because he will not carry on his shoulder everything that the history of those two parties, which lays on the last 70 years of the history of Taiwan. The structure of Kuomintang is that of Stalinist parties, and the DTP has shaped its own organization as an opposer of the Kuomintang. So, I do think that an agent of change could be a new political force in the Taiwanese political landscape.
0: Slash NBN50 to get 50% off.
2: Thank you very much. Yes, there is a very vibrant political grassroots environment in Taiwan, and most probably this is creating the conditions gradually, most probably not in the very next future, but within a decade, there most probably is the chance to see something new beyond that. Bipartisan or binary political system that is currently in Taiwan. So, Stefano, you decide to write this book in Italian. The next question is: Why is it important to tell this story in Italian, and who is your audience within the Italian-speaking world?
1: First of all, I've been studying uh, Taiwan for some time now, and uh, Taiwan has been a very esoteric topic in Italy, but. Um, Almost everywhere in Europe, even people who were in Indo-Pacific or Asia-Pacific uh, study were not really familiar with the Taiwanese issue. And in the last years, uh, the Taiwan issue has become more and more popular. I wanted to give the possibility of. A book in Italia, the last book in Italian on Taiwan was uh, published a long time ago, something like, I think, 20 years ago. The very reason was to publish a book on Taiwan outside of, the, again, uh, another dichotomy of the People Republic of China and the United States. Uh, so a book on the subjectivity of uh, Taiwan and the Taiwanese uh, people a book to understand the historical legitimacy of the claims of the People's Republic of China, a book uh, able to describe the most surprising uh, democratization process in the region. I felt there was some lack of information of Taiwan history in Italy, History in Asia, it's a totally different value than in the the Western world. The relationship between various countries is strictly dependent on events distant in the future. And for this reason, a story centered on the subjectivity of Taiwan and its inhabitants seemed important to me. I had the impression that in the light of the contemporary events, events which are most of the time linked to uh, this idea of tension, to acts of war, there was this idea that uh, Taiwan as a troublemaker was a prevailing subject uh, in the narrative. Maybe not really a troublemaker, but a complicated place full of tension, uh, almost uh, inexplicable. So it seems important to me to provide a tool to explain the historical context and the path of Taiwan outside this framework of hegemonic clash between the United States and the People's Republic of China. It's a book, it's an academic book, in which I try to insert some uh, elements capable of attracting a reader which does not have a specific uh, academic background or maybe is not even a student in uh, history or in uh, social politics. Of course, the public, which is always uh, increasingly numerous in Italy, which follow things in the Asia-Pacific region. But I would like to think the book even as a tool for somebody to relate uh, with Taiwan. So when I, I received a comment in my website uh, for two persons which just visited the island as a tourist, uh, went there and used the book uh, as an introduction uh, to the country. Well, in general, writing a scientific paper, which uh, usually interest 10, 20 persons, my goal was to have uh, a wider audience and being able uh, to attract reader which wouldn't buy an academic work on something on academic uh, scientific lectures. So, yeah, this was my goal.
2: Thank you. Actually, I completely agree. The accessible language of your book, along with the depth of your accounts, make it really adaptable to different audiences. I would use it as an academic for research purposes to teach to students. But yeah, as you said, if uh, I don't know anything about Taiwan, it's also a great tool to get to know more about its culture as publics, not necessarily as someone who is professionally interested in Taiwan. Stefano, a last question. I noticed that this book has not a conclusion. You stop with chapter 14, which is introducing a specific theme. So is there a reason to that? And what is your conclusion to the story of Taiwan that you shared with us?
1: the book was ready around uh, like June May uh, 2022, but got printed in August 2022, so we changed a bit the structure because in the light of the events of previous summer, the so-called fourth uh, crisis of the strait, which ended uh, not being uh, the fourth uh, crisis of the strait, so with all the spotlight on Taiwan. I wanted to avoid a direct reference uh, to current uh, event. I wanted to be a book being able to have his own life. And uh, I prefer to shift what was the conclusion in the first chapter with uh, the description of uh, Taiwan today outside uh, this idea of an object, an object in the middle of uh, this uh, hegemonic uh, clash between uh, Washington and Beijing. More than everything, I wanted to stress a description of uh, Taiwan today, which has built a unique path strongly centered on the reformulation of uh, a national identity, a dynamic through which 23 million uh, Taiwanese have outlined a pluralistic uh, identity capable of even overcoming the rigid geostrategic uh, constraint without losing coherence. I wanted just to finish with uh, the grassroots uh, movement and with the importance that uh, those movements had in the part of uh, Taiwan. So the meaning of where you come from and Taiwanese drastically changed in the last uh, 10, 15 uh, years and everything from uh, 2005 onwards all uh, The small uh, social movements in the country have uh, played a really huge role in making this change. And it's a dynamic which I think is really, really important because it even brings us to another big anomaly, an anomaly which stressed the idea of a national state which is uh, outside of uh, the Westphalian perspective. We are living in a time with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it seems that the Second World War or wars, the century before with the invasion and the country and the borders and the map are coming back as a, as a threat to the life of the common people. So I would like to put a spotlight on this nation which managed to image a new idea of citizenship and uh, detached from uh, the idea of something decided by the treaty, something which is defined only by national order, which is a dimension that is a suspended dimension, which put Taiwan more and more at the center of a global geopolitical balance. And I do really hope that this book, will uh, stress the importance of this uh, nation, which not only bring the story of the people who live in the island, but even a new idea of being a nation.
2: Thank you so much for this clear explanation. Before concluding this interview, there is a last question I would actually like to ask you. Also, to keep our listeners updated with your next Is there another book, another project in your pipeline? Would you like to share it with us? I've
1: been working on uh, more academic, uh, more scientific uh, related uh, project. I've been working on a scientific article on the relationship between the Republic of uh, China and uh, Italy. And I'm trying to expand this topic, try to analyze our Republic of China and Taiwan has represented itself in the Western world. So I just think that the shift in the representation of the Republic of China and Taiwan outside are really, really important in the history of Taiwanese national identity. I'm even working on, uh, on the concept of Made in Taiwan that is a very linked topic, so how industry and how the product made in Taiwan face the problem connected with the problematic representation of the country abroad. When and how did they choose to label their own products to maybe in Taiwan? But even the importance that uh, that stamp has had uh, in the past decade. In my childhood, most of the toys were made in Taiwan. We had this. Uh, All those plastic objects with that stamp on the bottom, made in Taiwan. And that has even been a matter of pride after 1971, after the exclusion from the United Nations. That was even an affirmation of being there, of being present. Being present in cheap, colorful plastic objects, but was still a way of exerting uh, their being in the world.
2: Thank you Stefano. I'm actually really looking forward to read your next article. Thank you very much for being with us today. Let me remind to our audience the title of your fascinating book. In Italian is L'Isola Sospesa, Taiwan e gli Equilibri del Mondo, translated in English literally The Suspended Island, Taiwan and the Balance of the World published by lewis university press in 2022 i hope that many of our listeners have been inspired by this book chat
1: bye bye thank you for having me with you
2: thank you for coming and sharing your thoughts with us see you next time bye